Mikey, 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 Mike. <laughs> it's um, been a while. Yeah, it has, man. It totally has. How have you been? Uh, things have been pretty good over here. Yeah. Middle of December. Mm-hmm. Mike is wearing shorts in California. <laughs> I went and got coffee, well, so you got to see my shorts. I was trying to hide my shorts, but yeah. <laughs> no shorts weather in Germany, that's for sure. The Christmas market's up. <laughs> Having the Glühwein, the warm Glühwein. spiced wine. Oh, that's amazing. Mm. Have you ever had one? I don't think I have. You haven't no. been here in Christmas time, have you? No. I briefly stopped no. over New Year's one time, but that was... That's true, yeah. Yeah, we, we could have had one then. Somehow then. You're listening to The Americanist. My name is Johannes Ehrmann in freezing Berlin. I am joined, as every time, by my dear friend and warmly clad fellow <laughs> in California, Mike Bayoki, hey. by way of Stanford University. All right. All, right. <laughs> all right, man, we're going to catch up a bit today. Uh, we have actually no talking points at all. Yeah, for the per- first just time ever really, in the history of this pod. <laughs> um, but we're just gonna wrap up the year a little bit, our years. Uh, look, f- look forward to the next year. Uh, what is coming up? Uh, what has been your highlight of this year, Mike? Man, apart you from know, our pod episodes. Yeah, I mean, every single time I got to talk with you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm glad so, we got that out of the way first. <laughs> distance hug. I, you know, so <laughs> I had a couple of my PhD students graduate this year, and it was just like super delightful to see them. These are, I've had a couple before, but a hand, these are the ones who I've worked with sort of for the longest time. So actually, sort of like, oh my gosh, they all grown up. They're all like, mm. yeah. Um, and you know, a couple of them have been like giving big national talks and that kind of stuff. So it's just it's. Wow. Yeah, it's the first time I get to see that like I'm, I'm you know, contributing to the next generation. Yeah. So you, you see careers in the making. I see careers in the making. Yeah. Oh wow! So it was, was the um, the ceremony. Was it like a, a normal normal sort of no, ceremony? Not at all. Or, or <laughs> yeah, it's still we're still very COVID. So a couple of them were you know completely on Zoom, and then uh, the most recent one we got to be in person. All right. All right. Uh, we're going to avoid this topic. I'm going to cut all of that out. Uh, <laughs> so, that's, so that's nice. And we're mm-hmm. talking, how many students are we talking about? Uh, three just graduated this year. Then I've got uh, one more coming up shortly. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember your own uh, PhD graduation? <laughs> do. <laughs> I don't know. I've got some scandalous stories from that. Like, I'm not sure if I should really? put those on air. Yeah. We, uh, maybe not. I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> gesture towards them. Yeah, so uh, maybe, maybe you have to cut this. Uh, at the official graduation, one of the very high ups inside of my university got blitz, just very drunk, and was hitting on all the young ladies. It was like a fairly egregious. Yeah. Uh, Wait, you, gradu- you graduated in the 1980s? <laughs> yeah. He had his smoking jacket on. No, no. This is just, it just tells you like sexism is everywhere, man. Oh, <laughs> Some light this. harassment. Yeah. Should probably cut that. I don't have tenure yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe you will. This is, this is uh, shaping up to be the most inappropriate episodes. <laughs> yeah, well. we're not even drinking this time. <laughs> I am. Oh, that's right. Good. Oh, look at that. <laughs> you only have a black coffee. Mm. Um, 
How about right. you? What would you say? You what are um, some of the things that you were? Yeah, I mean, started a new job that I really mm. like back in journalism. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wrote eighty pages of my new book. Eighty pages. That's yeah. It could have been more, but I'm still happy. It's sort of like a very research-heavy project, yeah. uh, as you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun diving into like the German history of of the states yeah um a lot of lot of the stuff that's been going on uh in the states recently you can trace it back all the way until the whatever 1750s or so yeah so yeah that's that's very interesting see the girls grow up um yeah, yeah lot you're saying they're about to turn six is that right yep they're turning yeah. six early next year uh-huh. yeah yeah they're, they're entering school next year so oh, I don't know how old they were when you last saw when you were last year. They were like one or two, maybe. I think they were just yeah. They they were not really not. talking. They were sort of like confused oh, about the fact that I was using so I much English. I can tell you they're talking now. Yeah, <laughs> firm opinions. Talking a lot of trash. Yeah. <laughs> I would expect no less from you. I proudly t- talk. <laughs> so here's so talking about that. This was this was not this year, but uh, so far the proudest moment of my uh, yeah. fatherhood. Um, it's probably a couple of years ago, um, and we were going towards the um, the Olympic Stadium um, here, uh, and I explained to them what what the Olympic Stadium is like, you know, hmm. what it's about, you know, that they held Olympic Games there, and and at this point we were just reading this children's book about Muhammad Ali, yeah, and how how he was, a, and you know, one chapter is like how he won the gold medal in Rome, 1960, yeah. and so <laughs> and so, and you know, the book. Book probably has what twelve pages, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. When I tell them, it has like fifty pages. Right? So, <laughs> like, so, so they knew the whole, you know, yeah. rumble in the jungle. They, they got the whole story. And now back to this moment in the car. You know, we're all in the car uh, going past, like the, you know, the Olympic rings, and we're like, yeah, you know, you know, like with Ali, you know, the Olympics and stuff. <laughs> the next thing I hear, like without any other comment, like from the back, from the back of the car. These two kids' voices going like Ali, Ali, Ali. I was like, all right, I probably did something right. Those are my daughters. So they know all about it. I think if you know about Muhammad Ali, I think then you can't fail in life. No, you know all the important parts at that point. So, yeah, I mean. What are you What are you looking forward to, like in the next next couple of weeks, uh, next year? What's What's kind of on on the plate? Yeah. So, I don't know. So this is the most random show episode that we've had. But like, so since we're talking about personal stuff, like, you know, I told you that I really started working out and and that kind of stuff, just as like a way to sort of deal with the pandemic and that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, I stumbled on my old records from grad school. And you remember okay. in graduate school when we were hanging out, like we actually went to like a, a lifting competition. You were, you, you did. The, I was took, there. Or, I was present. Yeah, took pictures. Yeah, yes. Took pictures. 
So it turns out I'm currently stronger. So I found like my old records and like I, you know, as like 20 years later, <laughs> um, I've, I've apparently put in enough effort at this point that like my bench press is higher, my squat lifts are higher, like that kind of stuff. So even though I'm an old man, <laughs> I could totally kick, <laughs> I could totally kick young Mike Bayuki's butt. <laughs> so there you go. That's that's evolution. That's yeah, that's, that's right not there. yeah, not bad at all. And so you know, that's that was a fun realization that like sort of putting that time there like sort of like has paid off in that way so i kind of i was thinking i don't know if i'll go for another competition out here um but i think over the next couple months i'd like to sort of see if i could get a little bit stronger sort of see if i can like hit some big numbers and that kind of stuff so that's been that's been kind of fun i I use it mostly as a way to sort of like get my mind you know like sort of clear Mm -hmm. um and it, it's kind of fun to look back. I mean, having those records, like, I was just, yeah. just cleaning up my closet, like, out the other day. I was, and, like, at the bottom of some box was all these records going back to college. I'm even stronger than I was in college. Wow. And you always took notes of, like, yeah. like the pounds that you would... That's that right. That's great. Yeah, yeah. But, so, and that's also, I mean, I think that's a great way for you to, to sort of connect what you've achieved over the last two years to what you can do in the next year. You know, if, yeah. you, if you sign up for some competition or so that's next right. year. Yeah. No, it's like training for a marathon or whatever, or, right. or writing a book, you know? Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's that, and actually, that's it's a lot like the book, where it's sort of, every day you sort of feel like, oh man, I didn't do enough. <laughs> like, everything is like, mm. but like, oh, you God. take a step back and you're like, oh, 80 pages, like, that's yeah. real, and, but each, each little contribution feels like stupid and piddly and small, and, but, yeah. And I make this conscious effort now, because I work in these, and we've talked about this, I think, a year ago, I work in these, like, 12 month cycles right yeah. I mean, normally by this time i'm sort of like super exhausted and yep. <laughs> i'm just like, yeah. i want to lay down <laughs> uh still got a couple more days of work sure. to do but um yeah it's it's kind of this and and i was really so I, I finished like the second longer longer chapter just recently and then i was yeah i i, I very consciously took a step back and Good. I was like yeah this is actually because i exactly had that uh, bad feeling for for a long time during this year because there was so much research and I, I, sometimes you would only you feel you only write like five new pages in five weeks or something right, right? And, but then actually at the end it's you know it's it's making progress and, and it's probably probably one third there of the manuscripts yeah. but the research is even more there and now you yeah. find find a mode how to tackle it and well I'm, I'm curious about that like in your writing process like I would guess that a lot of your research that needs to happen and it looks super not productive and it looks like nothing's getting onto the page. But then I suspect that you need to take time off. You need to go for walks or you need to go for like a trip or something like that. Just because you're consolidating that research in in your brain, you're sort of passively sort of organizing it, thinking of new ways. And so I, I suspect that they're like these spurts of growth um, that you go through. Yeah. yeah, they happen subconsciously as well, and they happen, yeah. Yeah, as you say, when you do something else. Um, and yeah, yeah. so right now I'm researching for the third chapter, and I actually like it that I don't have to write at the moment. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm probably not going to write before January again, but mm-hmm. now I can just take the time aside excuse me, to do, uh, to do all the research. And, uh, and then, yeah, there's going to be whatever, maybe 20 pages uh, of just uh, research from old correspondence or, you know, primary sources mm. in, in Word. <laughs> that yeah. I have to, I have to, it's, you know, every chapter is like a puzzle. You have to piece it yeah. all together and, and find like a, a narrative in, in the storyline, which is, you know, some of that is already obviously in my head, but um, yeah, just, just a massive, massive undertaking. But uh, yeah, good, good fun still. <laughs>
Oh yeah, I like so, that description of it as like a puzzle, um, and trying to find mm-hmm. the right narrative or the right like join joins. Yeah, writing is taking decisions, right? I mean, mm. writing a book is you take one hundred thousand decisions. Interesting. Because yeah. yeah, because it's you know you decide. I mean, every sentence you decide first of all what thought to put in and which thought to leave out. Yeah. What word to use and what word to absolutely not use to describe right. it. Uh, what narrative to follow and what, you know, branched. And yeah, every narrative has like a thousand branches, right, that you could follow. And, but then there's never going to be a good book. You know, you have to, it's, I mean, that's probably what, what Hemingway said. You know, it's like you, you cut out mercilessly, you know. It's just yeah. like that's, that's the most, imp- for him, it was the most important pro- part of the process. Um, so, you know, kill your goodies, right? So, like, mm. yep. <laughs> but that's uh, interesting because yeah, you, you first yeah. off, you have to see everything, you have to sort of see some mm. of the big patterns, you have to have mm-hmm. all those different narratives, and then you have a winnowing. Do you, do you ever have to like pull back? Do you have to like, do you ever take like a path, go down it for a while, and then be like, oh man, I, I chose the wrong one? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and you cut out a lot afterwards, like, you uh, probably sometimes you write and you rewrite all the time so you're already sort of intrinsically cutting out but then sometimes you have maybe 25 pages and you cut it down to 15 oh yeah and then usually i mean if you yeah if you're doing it well then usually it gets a lot better because you take you take these decisions afterwards right right the decisions you haven't taken when you were writing it you can't always take the step back and, and, and you know cut out what needs to be cut out or leave out what needs to be left out and then you do it afterwards uh, and then you do it again, you know, with with a publisher together and, and so forth in the end. But yeah, already once the manuscript goes to the publisher, this has been probably done. I don't know, depending on the book, probably four or five times for each passage, right? Mm. At least. Uh, yeah. So yeah, little look into the uh, the machine room <laughs> of, of the writing process. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of you know. I think it's so in my research, um, mm. I do a lot of sort of like health and that kind of stuff. And we do some work mm. on like sexual assault prevention. So away from that stuff, sort of in my more theoretical work for about three, I don't know, it's actually like four years now. I've been working with um, my colleague, Jordan Radu, and um, we've been sort of like trying to understand machine learning um, and sort of why has artificial intelligence really developed so well and so fast? Like why are, why are these major breakthroughs happening? And there's a lot of good reasons. They're sort of like computers are faster and you know we have more smart people doing it. Like so we just have you know lots of good resources going in. Things are cheaper now, all that kind of stuff. But we also realize that, I think this is probably one of the most important things is that there's a new way of proving that an algorithm works. And mm-hmm. what it does is it leverages computers it, it allows instead of like you know for a statistician you prove theorems or you run simulations or something like that and what this new form of thinking about data what it does is it sort of it takes a bunch of algorithms five six seven different algorithms and it puts a put uses them on a data set and it says which one of these algorithms was better on that data set and I'm obviously simplifying a little bit, but it basically says which it's it's almost like a um it's a race or something like that. Which which one of the algorithms was faster? Or which one was stronger? Which one was you know smarter? And there were some very clever ways of doing that. You know, but what you do is you line you can now these very complicated algorithms. I don't need to necessarily understand the algorithm, but I can see I can line them up and say, hey, this one placed first. This one placed third, um, and. 
and is oh my gosh, that was a, this is a really smart way to figure out which algorithm is better. Put them through a competition and see which one emerges the best. So in a way, it's like a, a competition of supercomputers. Uh, yeah. Like, well, it's actually a competition. So the computers make it really fast, and that's like great. Mm -hmm. but, but what's neat is like you get humans who say, I have an amazing way of doing something. Um, and then you have another person who's like, no, mine's better. And another person, mine's better. Mm -hmm. And we just let them mm -hmm. compete. And in that, through that competition, we can see which one emerges better. And, and the thing that we're avoiding which, which is sort of like, <clears throat> excuse me, is the stuff that statisticians spend all their time is saying, I know mine will be better and here's all the reasons mine will be better. They're skipping that. They're sort of saying, you know what? doesn't matter if you think yours is better or you can try to it's prove. It's data-driven. It's, it's data-driven. So it's, mm. It skips the sort of proving by... And it's probably math. much faster as well. Oh, right? so much faster. <laughs> it's like yeah. embarrassing. Like I could have skipped three years of graduate school if I had realized that this was another way to prove algor algorithms work. <laughs> really? Is, that, is yeah. that the scope we're talking about? Oh, yeah. We're talking major... I mean, that's why, that's why cars can drive themselves, you know, like to some degree. Mm. Like you never... We never would have achieved that without this sort of new style of thinking mm. and new style of... And so let me just pause here to say like huge wins, really cool... That's why you have like machines that can translate, uh, um, you know, languages and like write, you know. Well. So that's really cool. Here's the thing: is it's not perfect, and yeah. I think what's also super interesting is people have been using it but not talking about it. So we haven't been very thoughtful about this new style of thinking. Um, mm. We call it outcome reasoning. It's also known as like the common task framework. There are different ways to sort of refer to it. Yeah. But nobody's yeah. talking about it. And here's the thing: is like in the last four years, my, uh, Jordan and I have sort of figured out some of its limitations. Um, mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, like with a randomized trial, a, a randomized trial has is something that's really, really good at. Like it can prove that the new vaccine works, you know, this much. It sort of says, we this vaccine is 20% better than that vaccine. It's really good at making claims like that. It's not mm -hmm. super good at predicting. It's not really good at saying, you will be better if you take this medicine. It'll sort of say, in general. Or it might, you know, it's not good at like, you don't run a randomized trial to understand stocks or something like that. Um, and so there are limitations for any style of thinking. So all this is to say, we've been writing for four years. It's a series, it's a little bit of history. It's a little, and we have this gargantuan 50 page paper And I think we need your editor. <laughs> like we've, we've been adding ideas. We've gone down these paths. And it's just like, it is this Frankenstein's monster, huge, mm. like blah. And so, oh, um, yeah. You need an outside look. That's right. It. I mean, That's not, right. not and, and I'm not saying, you know, from an author or so. You need an, someone who is sort of from your field, who knows what he can leave out without this whole thing being null and void. Um, That's exactly. Yeah, I guess you You're exactly like right. Third, fourth person yeah I, i think that's and that we'll, we'll, we'll probably do we, we'll probably we we do have to sort of s uh start pulling out threads because like you, you have all these things you want to say you're too deep into yes. the matter you know that's it's, very it's, true that's <laughs> yeah we say you get you get you get blind for your own texts you know it's yeah how we describe it also in, in i think that's a good way to say in, in, in writing yeah um, you know you can't see or, or in german we have the saying when you know um when you don't see the woods Uh, because there's too many trees around. Yes, you know? lose the lose the forest for the trees is the way. It's, ah, there you go. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and but that's super fascinating. So I'm I'm very fascinated about this um, 
all these sort of computer-aided driving. And, mm -hmm. and we've been, so this is another major achievement uh, from this year. We got rid of our car. Uh, mm. We don't own a car anymore. Uh, and we've switched to um, mostly um, electrical car sharing. Oh, cool, uh, yeah. Here in the, here in the city. Um, and it's actually, I think, not even more expensive than, than a car. Uh, yeah. Um, definitely, I mean, buying a car would have cost right. us way more than, than we spent in the last half year doing that. Um, and it's interesting because <laughs> there was one instance where, and I love it, you know, just driving around and, and you know, and with this, and the girls love it too, you know, in an electrical car, which is not making a lot of noise. <laughs> and, yeah. And sort of very, very different, almost like a hovering sort of feeling going through the city. Yeah. Um, and you're very fast uh, starting from the traffic light as well. That's, yeah. that's kind of cool. Kind of cool. <laughs> the force is right totally there. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, and there was this one instance when I was, um, where I learned a bit about the imperfections of all these like driving aids, um, mm. where I was going um, down the road, um, which was sort of, I was on the left lane, um, and then there was a little separation, um, sort of like a, a, an open separation between uh, my lane and the lane that came the other way, right? Okay, yeah. Um, which was probably like a meter or two, you know, in between in between the lanes. But you could right. you could cross it and so forth. It was just to to separate the two. Um, and there was it was already getting dark, and there was a there was a bike coming crossing uh, the other lanes, um, yeah. but stopping at this middle lane. Okay. And I'm like. For, for a tenth of a second, I was like, what is this guy doing? Then I realized, oh, he's braking. Yeah, sure, no problem. Okay, he's, I mean, he's, he's close to the car, but I'm just going to pass him. He's, he's in the middle. Right. The automatic driving aids was apparently not as quick as me <laughs> in understanding this. <laughs> yeah. Because this thing hit the brakes like crazy. Oh, man. You know, steered me away from the bike into oh, the man. middle lane. There was no cars, thankfully, there. Um, and I was so uh, shocked Terrible. at the point yeah. that I was like, oh, I put both my hands back on the steering wheel. I, uh, I hit like the, um, the swipes, you know, it was like, <laughs> I was like an absolute moron behind the wheel. It was like, I looked like someone who had never driven a car before. The guy must have thought, what the hell is he doing? You know, I was braking. But then I was like, ah, mm, okay, uh, I still need to work out some of these imperfections there yeah. in, the, in the driving aids. So, oh, man. I didn't I realize mean, that they'll take, right? I mean, right, like, right. Like, I, I mean, but, could have, right? Were there cars behind you? That, that kind of scares and me. And so I, and I'm thinking, if there would have been cars to the right of me, mm -hmm. it would not have done that with the steering wheel problem. Mm. Hopefully. I mean, I have Hopefully. no idea. Right, 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 we right, have right. to guy, ask some guy at Volkswagen <laughs> uh, right. who, who programmed that thing. Right. Uh, but, yeah. But, I mean, so that's... that's well, that's actually, can I pause you Can I pause you there for a minute? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. That's actually one of the key differences between the old style of thinking and the new style of thinking is there is no person at Volkswagen who knows what that car would have done. So the new style oh, of wow. thinking uh, isn't top-down. It doesn't... We don't actually know why these algorithms... Do, or We can't always anticipate what they will do. Um, there's actually, you know, uh, this is a very small connection tangential but i was talking to a philosopher at kaiserslautern um you know the yeah yeah so he's been working on some ideas um that are kind of related to what we're doing um uh and uh he so full he disclosure and, this is the place where my parents live yeah that's right also visited. Yeah. yeah so it was, it was kind of it was really fun to realize that we were going to get to talk to someone from your hometown they have um, a good technical university there is it, is that's that exactly that's exactly yeah yeah, and so he does. He thinks about like sort of 
how math and statistics integrate with the real world. Um, and uh, so one of the things that he said, he, so we had a connection because we talk about these new algorithm, algorithms being brittle. Um, so they break really easily. They're, they're very hard and good and strong. And then all of a sudden they will break in a way that you don't anticipate. So for your example, like we're pretty sure the algorithm knows not to hit the bike, but there's nobody who told it how to choose what to do. It has sort of learned by watching people and built it up, but you can't, like, there's, it's really, we don't know. <laughs> like, that's some of the scary things about how these it really, the um, yeah, it, it, but also here's the, the other thing. Have you ever, like, tried to figure out what a 16-year-old is thinking? <laughs> like, their, their minds are. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. But, um, the, but, but the, yeah, but the main difference is, I mean, I'm not having a 16-year-old chauffeur, you know, I'm like, I'm driving the car myself. That's right. Um, and, I mean, and. Personally, I think some of these driving aids, they just drive me insane. You know, there's, there's also, you know, the one that keeps you in the lane. Yeah. And sometimes when you're going into like a construction area, it just gets confused. by all It the starts yelling at you. Yeah. By all, yeah. Not even only yelling at me, but it actually interferes in my steering. And oh, that just, it. you know, scares the hell out of me. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, so I always try to deactivate it yeah. if I can. Um, yeah. Obviously, with this kind of like you know urban car sharing that doesn't really work that well because you just take the car for ten minutes and you take another car. Yeah. Um, and uh, but it's really I mean, so that's another thing. Um, I've recently picked up a little bit of of like chess uh, stuff um, because there was a the, the chess World Cup going on. Um, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And uh, and I'm I've never really really played chess. I started playing it a little bit. And what I find fascinating. Um, is how in just a few seconds, like any sort of chess program can calculate for you the absolute best move right. that you could make. Right. And and it's, and it's also very, I mean, it helps in the analysis. It helps you become a better player afterwards, right? You can go back and see like, okay, that's where I blundered. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe you don't even see what you could have done and the program just shows you. But at the same time, it's also... It demystifies the whole thing a little bit, right? Yeah, I, I agree with you. But there's also something about <clears throat> um, one of the important things about consciousness and our ability to think is knowing what to pay attention to and what to throw out. Like we get, we mm-hmm. take in so many pieces of information, we mm-hmm. get some, but like it turns out that as you become more and more expert, what you're actually doing is not thinking harder. You're just sort of only paying attention to the parts that really matter. Mm. And that's why we still beat computers a lot of times. Like Mm. um, we know where we start building up these intuitions and through Mm. experience. And then we know where things might be useful for our attention to, Mm. to spend time. The algorithms still tend to waste a lot of time looking into things that don't matter or won't won't be interesting they don't know how to anticipate yet um they don't have that sort of magic intuition so you're actually pointing to the part that i think still humans clearly win at which is if if that algorithm explained to you why it was thinking you know sort of what it thinks the optimals were chess is really constrained so maybe it is actually finding the optimal but what you're doing is you would learn patterns and you would see superstructures that, mm-hmm. uh, that you would then you wouldn't always think about but every once in a while you would know to pay attention to it so i still think human intelligence is is really brilliant and creative and simple and fast and so we still have a, a little bit of an edge over machine algorithms but yeah. you know they are getting they are getting much more creative <laughs> 
it's, it's fascinating because, I mean, it's, you said it's human intelligence is simple, but it sounds more like that it's actually, it can simplify it in an in, insanely complex that's amount right. of information, right? That's right. And that's, that's miraculous, no? It I mean, is. If you think about that, that in, in a complex situation like that, you know, with limited visibility and, and, you know, an object moving at a fast pace towards you, you can still sort of, and probably from experience and intuition, we both combine probably That's right. some evolution in there as well, right? Yeah. To, to just do exactly what is needed to, to avoid this. Oh, yeah. I mean, your so story my pulse, earlier. My pulse was going up even before yeah. that thing was interfering, the computer was interfering. Yeah, but just the the outcome would have been different. Like I right. would have I would have been alert, but I would have reacted in a less invasive way, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, I mean, like absolutely. Let's take that example that you were talking about with the bicyclist. Um, mm. So you were using a lot more information than the computer was, and, and you, know, you probably yeah, yeah you at faster, but also like you probably had access to information. If the if it was like a a young man who was. Mm you know, sort of uh, mm. possibly intoxicated and looked mm. like a wild oh, man, yeah. you would have done different calculations. If it was like an older woman, you know, who had a baby on, you know, the, on the oh, uh, careful, bicycle, careful very different. Well, <laughs> they can drive. They can drive. Oh, well. no, no, no. Just be clear. I was saying that she's more <laughs> cautious and reasonable is, is what I was trying to say. Uh, let's just say a parent, a parent. Yes, I didn't mean to make it super gendered. I was, I guess, I really made that gender. A gender-neutral <laughs> older person. Yes, yes, a wild, incompetent <laughs> person. person. So, but like, you would read a whole bunch of information, right? And then you would have like basically like a probability profile of like this person's crazy. They're gonna just like, blow by on their bike, or someone's like, hey, that's a very reasonable person. They're probably gonna stop. The computers can't do that now. Um, and it, and think, you didn't you have think to be. They t- will in the, in the near future. They might not in the near future, but they, they might. I mean, like yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, you all you have to do is like start training an algorithm to start knowing that, and they'll and it'll know it in the not too. The so right now one of the limitations for these algorithms is you have to point it at something and say learn this, and before we had to say, um, here's how you accomplish it. Right, so you would say like, I'm going to program you to solve this equation or solve this problem. Now, one of the major breakthroughs is to say, I want you to solve this. I'm not going to tell you how, but I want you to solve this. That's a huge breakthrough because you don't have to know how it's going to achieve it. And every once in a while, a computer will figure out a completely novel, totally creative, never human wouldn't have thought of a way to solve it. But here's, here's a, sort of what I'm trying to say is like, your mind doesn't have to be taught all the things to pay attention to it starts picking things it'll randomly pick and it'll start figuring out what matters and what it won't it can discover new things to pay attention to and it'll start solving it that computers can't do that yet it doesn't know how to pick what to pay attention to and there's one other thing that computers don't have and will never have probably it's the human heart <laughs> right <laughs> feelings yeah. <laughs> oh, do you want me to get too serious about this? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Are you going to demystify that as well for me now? Yeah, let's not do that today. <laughs> what? No, 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 no. I'm saying... Don't, don't, don't steal my emotions now. Just, uh, Christmas is only nine days away, or ten for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, what do you do with Christmas? Do you guys have a different Christmas? Oh, you guys are St. Nick. Well, right? I mean, there's a time... First of all, there's a time difference. And, oh, and we, we, I mean, we do the double uh, here in this in this household. We do the double Christmas. We do the twenty fourth at night, hmm. uh, 
uh, German part, and then twenty fifth mm -hmm. in the morning the French because they do it like like the English or Americans, ah. uh, you know, Santa or Père Noël is coming oh. in the morning on the twenty fifth, and for us it's already the twenty fourth, so the kids get half their presents then oh. and then. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> what, what are you? What are your plans for the uh, for the holidays? Um, going to be kind of low-key. I got to be with my family for about a month mm -hmm. and a half back away. Mm -hmm. um, but i uh, going to be doing some traveling with some friends. Um, mm -hmm. This is our annual trip that we've done basically for, I don't even know, uh, 16 years, 17 years now? Nice. Straight? Yeah. So we'll do some traveling for the, for New Year's. Good, good, good. All right, man. Um, yeah. We'll be back in the new year. Yeah. Um, happy holidays. Happy holidays. As always, a huge pleasure to talk to you, and let's continue this in the next year. Um, and bring in, uh, yeah, also upbeat episodes, uh, good news in all of this. Um, I really I'm, liked our talk today. It was really yeah, cool. me too. I, you know, I'm excited about 2022. I, I think, I think there's a lot of good reason to think that it's going to be a. Uh, we're on an upswing. <laughs> what's the, what's what's your biggest reason for optimism for 2022? So I think we should be concerned about Omicron and some of these variants, but I think we're going to start getting things much more under control. Um, you know, I think we'll be able to sort of step back out uh, into the world and feel more comfortable out there. Um, I also think, you know, there's some political, really major political issues. You know, if you look at like Ukraine or you look at some of the pipeline mm -hmm. stuff, you look at here, domestic. I think there are people paying attention. I think we... It's a little uncertain, but I think there's a lot of good potential here too. There's a there's a little bit of a shaky moment, um, but I I'm positive. I'm I'm optimistic about how things are going to be resolving next year. Cool. Yeah. I look forward to it. And yeah, um, yeah. talk to you uh, soon. That sounds good. All the best for you. And all the best to you and your Stay family. warm in California. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. You you awesome. You be you be warm. <laughs> I'll uh, wear my long, long underwear. <laughs> Give me those long <laughs> sleeping to the caps. Market. Yeah. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> Send pictures. <laughs> All right, man. All right, man. Take care. Take care. Great talking to you.